Otherwise, you're going to get lost in the process, right? You're going to get stuck in, okay, I need to do this before I can write anything. And again, that's not what you want, right? Because then if that's the case, you're going to start coming off as inauthentic because you're questioning what you're writing. You're questioning what your stories are and you're not putting yourself out there in an authentic way because you're too focused on creating the content that you think your ideal leader needs, not what you actually know. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years where I focused on marketing and branding strategy along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd, and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners. Today is an episode that I'm interested to tackle because it's about something I honestly have no desire to do, blogging. Yep, lots of you love it. I know the value, but it's just not something I felt like I can tackle. So I'm excited to bring you this conversation about how to start a blog and build it authentically in a manageable way with our guest, Samantha Laycock. Samantha started blogging in 2014 as a way to share her story. It was the only way she knew how to heal from her past. Over a year, she truly fell in love with who she was and began to notice the impact that she was having on those around her. She started blogging as a self-care and mental health blogger and has grown throughout the years. Whether you want to start a blog, share your story, grow your business, or build a business, she is here to help. I am excited to tackle this, so without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Samantha, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. Yeah, so I am an authentic expression coach. Um, I changed it. I used to call myself a blogging coach, um, but I'm more than that. So I actually started blogging in 2014 as a way to share my story. So Mm -hmm. my story is I was a sexual assault survivor. I did not tell anybody. And It was, so it happened in 2003. In 2014, I was kind of at that point in my life where it was like, okay, you know what? It's either now or never. I need to change something because I hate who I am. And so 2014, I started a blog and the first blog post I ever wrote was, this is what happened to me. And I just kind of put it out there and I didn't expect anybody to read it. Like I didn't know anything about blogging. I was just doing it to get it off my chest. Sure. And all of these women started messaging me and were like, thank you for sharing your story. You're not alone. And I was like, 
wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How powerful. Yeah. It wasn't what I expected because for those 11 years, I felt like I was alone for so long and I didn't actually become a coach until January of 2020. My friend was kind of like, Hey, you should really just host a workshop. And I was like, okay, sure. Why not? And so I hosted my first workshop and I had two women come and one of them was my friend. Another one was a complete stranger. And you just, you know, when you're doing what you're supposed to do, like just that high that you Mm -hmm. get, everything Mm -hmm. feels like it's perfect and in alignment. And I walked away and I was like, that was like the most amazing experience I had ever had. And from that point on, it just kind of coaching just kind of fell into my lap. So it was just, Hey, my friend was like, Hey, help me set up my blog. And then from that, we did a weekend intensive where two days we did all of the back work. We did the why the vision. I mean, we, it was two, eight hour days of work nonstop. And we got her blog published on that Sunday. And I just remember watching her go through that transition, right? Of Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to do it because it is something she had dreamed about for so long. And then finally hitting that publish button, watching someone go through that is amazing because you, they finally have a spot where they can take and share their story and really get to know people on a deeper level. And I took that and I turned it into a one-on-one coaching program. I turned it into a group coaching program. So oh it just gosh. it just kind of yeah. went from there. Totally that's, unexpected. That's amazing. I mean, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story too. I mean, that's what a what a very personal way to kind of fall into your own sort of space that you mm-hmm. want to occupy. Um And I just, I can't even imagine like how kind of the vulnerability that comes with having to share that story and that experience, but such an amazing way to kind of take that transfer or that, that particular moment in your life and like build something so positive and amazing out of it. And like how, how cool to kind of like hear how you sort of like watched all of that unfold with your friend and like, just sometimes I think it really when you're when you think about starting a business, I think sometimes you you feel like I don't even know what I would teach or what I would do. And yeah. so sometimes it does just kind of happen a little bit naturally and people yeah. it sort of like falls falls into your lap, like you said. So I think that's really just a very amazing story. Um so I feel like you hear you need to start a blog <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Um, at least, you know, like when I follow coaches really in any field who work with entrepreneurs, um, and that just seems like a really drastic oversimplification of like what needs to happen. Am I wrong in that assessment or is anyone and everyone truly a good candidate to be a blogger? I think anybody can have a blog. I think, but I think that you need to go in with your eyes open. Because mm-hmm. it there, mm-hmm. it's not just putting words down on a website and you're good to go, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all of the work comes after you hit publish. And yeah. I think a lot of coaches say have a blog, which is fantastic. And I tell everybody to have one. But you have to go in having a plan. And that's the most important oh, part yeah. because people are like, oh, you know what? It's not going to take long. I can whip out three blog posts a week. 
keep that going. But then all of a sudden a month in and they're like, I'm dying. I can't keep this up Mm -hmm. because they don't realize all of the back work that goes into having a blog. So yes, you can, but I think you have to be truly honest with yourself and come up with a way that is going to work for you in your business and what you want as the bigger picture, because Mm -hmm. that is going to range from once a month to three, four times a week, right? So it all comes back to what is it that you can handle, especially as a business owner, because Mm -hmm. you're already doing so much other stuff. Yeah, I think that's, I think that is a really excellent point. I think um, a lot of times people underestimate truly like how much time goes into not just writing the blog, but it is really like the, the publicity and the promotion of that piece that helps you start to gain visibility and attract people to it. Like it is not an, if you write it, they will come type of thing. You know, sometimes, sometimes it is, you know, like in, in your case, in your instance, you, you wrote this first blog, but I'm sure you like put it out there in some. Yeah. I still had to, yeah. I still had to say, Hey, I did this. Yeah. And that's what it was, but it was more of, um, Hey, read this. Right. But, and I don't, I think people don't realize too, that you can't just write for your own blog, right? Mm. You have to reach out and you have to go and write for other people and you have to do show up other places or you're only going to show up in your audience and that you're really not going to grow from that part. Mm. That's a really, that's a really excellent point. I had never thought of that. Writing is, is, something I can do. It's not where I like to spend my time. So my podcast is, is my form of blogging, right? It's my, my long form content. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought of kind of all of the like guest writing and stuff that you would probably have to put in. It's probably very similar to podcasting in that, like, yes, it's helpful to have your own and to publicize your own, but to be able to like put it out there and, go on other people's, that's a lot of work too in and of itself. So questions about the work that comes after you hit publish and then also like that guest blogging, because I think, again, that's not something that I would have thought of and I'm sure other people thinking about starting it doesn't. So let's talk about first, what is the work that goes in after you hit publish and what does it do for you? Yeah. So that is where you're going to share it. And I think creating, you have to create a plan before you get to that point, Mm. right? So I am a huge organizational freak when it comes to blogging, because there are so many steps to it, Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden, and there's, it's the moving parts, right? That if you don't have a plan, you are going to look at your computer screen and be like, what am I doing today? Because Mm -hmm. I am so completely lost. Mm -hmm. And so once you hit publish, that's really where the sharing comes in right? So you can really, and how I do my content is I don't share it to every platform that I am on, on the same day. Oh, okay? that's smart. Because you, you want to, mileage. yes. And you want to spread out the content because you're, then all of a sudden you're going to have to create new content every single day to keep people coming back to your mm-hmm. blog. And that's not what you want to do. You want to make sure that you're taking that one blog piece and you're posting it to your Instagram. So for instance, for me, when I publish on Tuesdays and Fridays, I publish. um, So on Tuesdays, I will publish to my Facebook page. 
and I will publish to LinkedIn and that's it. And so then I'll kind of like take pieces of that blog post and I'll publish it to mm -hmm. Instagram mm -hmm. and I'll change the link so that people know I have new content, but I won't directly send them to the new content until either the day after or the day after that. Oh, right. Okay. So I'll feed yeah. them tidbits from that blog post, but I'm yep. not going to actually say, Hey, I have new content and then send them there. Sure, so that's sure. what you do kind of throughout with your Facebook page with if you have a Facebook group. And mm -hmm. the benefit is there are so many different blogging Facebook groups out there to share your blog posts. Interesting. Right. So then you mm -hmm. start looking around and you start connecting with these groups and then you use um, I use mix. Um, I like adding my stuff to mix. Mm -hmm. Um and that way, so you just make sure that when you're doing it, your end feed spot is also a really good spot mm -hmm. to have your blog posted. Um, so then you're just going and you're breaking up that content and you're sharing it in multiple locations on different days so that you can just keep bringing people back to your website. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's really, um, it really is about kind of that long term returning people to your website because in an ideal world, like once they're on their web, your website, they spend more time. They discover new content, yes. probably other blogs that you've written. Um, and you're able to kind of start really introducing yourself and, and your products or your services or whatever it is to your audience. And then that's what is kind of the first step before people are like, Hey, this is somebody that maybe I want to work with, or yeah. I'm interested in doing something like this. So I think that's a really smart way to kind of go about, um, you know, spacing that that content out, and it makes managing your social media a lot easier. Yes, because then you don't have to create yes. new content, like you said, yeah, every single day. Yeah, it's because... really repurposing what mm -hmm. you already have. Mm -hmm. Because normally, when you're writing a blog, you're going to have multiple things you're teaching in that blog post anyway, right? Yeah. So you can yeah. teach, take each different section, and you have a different, you have a different Absolutely. content. Yeah. And so then you also mentioned that part of really kind of publicizing your blog, which again, comes down to getting traction, getting people to go read it, spend more time on your website. It all kind of comes back to that traffic generation for you is promoting it and like blogging for other people and doing guest appearances and stuff like that, which I, like I said, would not have thought of. So how do you kind of go about that? And again, like what's the benefit of why, why does that need to be a part of your blog strategy? Yeah. Um, it was something I never did either from the beginning because I always was like, I'm a beginner blogger. Nobody's going to want to read what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it from the beginning, you're just pushing off that expertise level. Right. Mm. So you're allowing someone else to do it. Sure. <laughs> right. And so what I recommend is you're going to have creating a list, creating a list of people who you want to write for. So it can be a, a small um, a coach. It can be, I mean, anybody, right? Big people, little people, like big followings, businesses, write all of them people down on a list. So mm -hmm. now you're going to have somewhere to go to and be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to reach out to them today because it yeah. might not happen the first time. Sure. Right. But you can reach out to smaller people. You can, who are you following on Instagram? Right. That mm -hmm. is in one of your shoulder niches, right. Or a niche that is, 
a, your niche because you want to guess blog posts for people in your niche. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And that's, it's not about competition. It's about getting you in front of their audience as well, because you guys are coaching and teaching and writing about the same things, mm-hmm. but you are going to have a different perspective on it. You yeah, are going yeah. to petite, you're going to teach their readers something else that they can't teach. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so who are you following on Instagram? That's probably the best thing because I don't really follow a whole lot of other people on Facebook. So yeah. Instagram is like, hey, I follow different coaches, mental health coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, really anything. Check their Instagram bio and click on their website. Mm. Right. And that's all you have to do. Start researching, write people down and do it monthly. Right. And say, you know what? I'm going to reach out to three people this month. And then see if their blog is active. So you don't want to guess blog posts for someone who doesn't have an active blog because nobody's going to read your stuff. So make sure that they have an active blog, a blog, first of all, but then reach out. And the thing is, you don't have to stick with just blogging. Yeah. Right. Reach out to podcasters, right. Do all the other content and start bringing your readers there because then that also creates content for yourself. So Absolutely. now when you are guest blogging on someone else, you want to make sure that you're sharing it on your feed because now your audience is going to go to their website yep. as well. So you want to make yeah. sure that it's also mutually beneficial so that they, um, they're getting something out of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's definitely um, kind of that community value add that you really want to try to hit on. And you, you want to look for people that um, you can compliment, you can add something, like you can fill a gap for them. And like, what is they can fill a gap for you. And then it's also just really smart in general. And I use I use the same kind of tactic for my own podcast, right? Which is if I am appearing on someone else's, I get a chance to plug my own. Um, you know, first and foremost, I'm there to add value and be good for their community. Yeah. But then it also puts my name out in front of their audience because if somebody enjoys that episode, if they learn something from me, they're going to look me up yeah. and they're going to look into my content and things like that. So it's just a really smart way to increase your reach across new audience that you're not going to get just from publishing or posting on, on yeah, your social channels. Exactly. Like you want to get in front of those other people. That's the mm-hmm. only way that you're going to start building. And the main focus is their audience. So yep. don't make it about you. Right? Don't make Correct. it about you. Don't make it about the person that is featuring you. Make it strictly about their audience mm-hmm. because that is what's going to set you apart from any other guest blogger that comes on. Absolutely. So another question that I had, because having worked with an SEO agency in my former corporate career, I know they had a very specific recommendation in terms of like how you structure a blog, you how you write it, how you tag it, where your headers go, how many you have. Like it was all very, very technical. Um, so do you do you need to know all of those things to get started? Is SEO or search engine optimization for listeners who aren't familiar with that term, is that important to know? Or can you really just kind of like put it out there and then learn that as you go? I think you can learn it as you go because I think you're always going to stop yourself because you're like, you know what? I don't know enough about SEO because yeah. I am not an SEO, SEO expert because there's so much more to SEO than even I know. Mm-hmm. 
when -hmm. it comes to all of that stuff, right? So I think it is something that you learn as you go. Knowing the basics is a benefit. But I also think that if you're saying to yourself, you know what, I'm going to wait until I know more. You're just going to keep putting it off mm-hmm. and you just really have to just jump in and your website's not going to be perfect. It's yeah. going to be like this evolving um, process of really redefining and figuring out who your ideal audience is, who, yeah. who what your writing style is even, because that's going to change along the way as well. So no, I don't think you need to know it. I think having somewhat of an idea on just kind of the simplest basics of SEO would be a benefit, but it is not necessary to start. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And it's, it's, um, something that is so technical that it will stop you Yes, if you, you know, cause it's easy to get intimidated by it. Um, so I think that's perfect. So then what tips and advice, if, if I am at a point where I'm ready to start a blog, what tips and advice do you give someone who's thinking about starting or is kind of at the point where they're like, this is it. I want to pull the trigger. I want to go. Now what? The why. Why are you doing it? I think that's where I start with all of my clients because I think it is so incredibly important to know the why of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because blogging can get super intense and you are going to hit roadblocks. There's no way past them. You're going to want to give up and having that why and that bigger vision in place, you're going to be able to step back and say, okay, you know what? This is why I'm doing it. Let's do this. Right. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't Mm -hmm. have that, you're going to get to that first roadblock and you're going to be like, I'm done. Forget (laughs) it. I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And so starting with your why is the most important place to start. Mm. And then after that, just do it. I mean, really, (laughs) do not overthink it. Yeah. Just do it because otherwise you're going to get stuck in that cycle of saying, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I don't know Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Who cares? It doesn't matter if you know what you're doing at the beginning because we're all beginners at some point. Yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah. It's, it's, you're just, you're never going to do it. If you keep saying, no, it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. Just publish. (laughs) That's, um, it reminds me, I have this little, this little necklace that I always wear and it says, be brave, not perfect. And I think that's kind of the attitude that you have to take with, with any new venture, um, in your business is that you're, like you said, it's never going to be perfect. If you're waiting for that perfect moment, it's, it's never going to come. And then you're always going to kind of wonder about like the opportunity that you missed by waiting on it to be perfect. And then I think too, like you talk about boiling it down to your why and really understanding that before you start. And that's not any different. You know, it's funny to hear you say that because you coach your blog clients on that. That is exactly what I coach my, my business clients on. Like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to marketing, it's not any different. You have to know and understand what that why is. And it doesn't matter if you are a solo entrepreneur, if you are a small business with a small team, or if you're a large organization, if you don't know that why, when it comes to any part of your marketing, and i And I think blogging is a super smart marketing strategy to have. If you don't know that why, then it it falls flat and people don't connect because they just don't know. You kind of have Mm -hmm. to lead them there and you have to be able to infuse that in 
so that they really understand and your message starts to resonate with them. Well, and the why is going to help you with the who, mm-hmm. right? It is yes, really yes. going to help you narrow down who are you attracting to your blog, right? That and that's, true. that is the bonus of also knowing your why is because that's going to start painting a picture of who you want to come to your website. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's like a perfect segue to my next question. When I'm starting out, it's really important then to kind of have your target audience in mind before you start, right? It's not correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like it's something that might evolve over time, but not knowing who going in, is that a big mistake? I think starting out, I didn't have an idea who, because I was just winging it, right? Sure. Um, But I think that also came with who was responding to what I was writing, Mm. right? Because it was clearly, I was writing for women, right? Right, right. And then from there, I didn't know anything else besides that. But I think, again, it is definitely evolving. I think you don't necessarily know. You might have this idea of who you're writing for. And I did. Like once I started writing, I was like, okay, this is my ideal client. But Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I was looking at my analytics and my insights. And I was like, I am so Mm -hmm. not reaching who I thought I was reaching. I'm reaching Mm -hmm. older women, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it was like, okay, so now I need to kind of figure out and who is it that I want to do? Like, who is it that I'm actually writing for? And focusing on those analytics really helped me say, okay, you know what? These are the people that are drawn to me and there's a reason for that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I am talking their language. The benefit to knowing, at least having an idea when you start blogging is because you are going to speak their language. Yeah. Right. And that is where that's going to help with SEO. That is going to help with um, connection and building that trust with someone because now you're speaking their language and that's probably the best part. So you don't need to have this huge ideal client perfectly mapped out, but I Mm -hmm. think you should know, okay, you know what, this is, this is who I want to talk to. And if you're doing it for the purpose of um, sharing your story, more than likely your ideal client and your ideal reader is going to be who you were when you were in that struggle. Yeah. Right. And so then you can focus your ideal client on that until you can start really evolving and figuring out who it is. Mm. I think that's really smart advice in terms of like how – like, where do you start? Because otherwise it's really kind of, it's it gets overwhelming, even as somebody who's experienced in creating like those target audience and those personas and mapping out buyer journeys. It is very, um, yeah, it's just, it's overwhelming sometimes. And then when you think about, okay, I need to evolve or change over time and you're adding a layer. Um, so I think really kind of thinking about yourself when you are in there shoes and what you needed is a really smart way to just start with content that you know, first of all, and that you probably feel very confident writing in because you've been there and you've lived that experience. And then I think that also probably builds a little bit of trust with your audience too, to be like, okay, she gets it. Like she's- Yeah, she's been there, right? (laughs) She's been there. Otherwise you're going to get lost in the process. 
right? Yeah. You're going to get stuck in, okay, I need to do this before I can write anything. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not what you want, right? Because mm-hmm. then if that's the case, you're going to start coming off as inauthentic because yeah. you're questioning what you're writing. You're questioning what your stories are and you're not putting yourself out there in an authentic way because you're mm-hmm. too focused on creating the content that you think your ideal reader needs, not what yeah. you actually yep. know. Yep. Yep. That's, and that's a misstep that can happen to anyone. Even mm-hmm. I think seasoned people, you know, you have to um, really pay attention to that. I know I, it's happened to me. There's been a couple of times throughout the year um, that I've been like, oh, I need, like, I need to pause. I need to look at this because it doesn't, something about it, like, isn't sitting right with me yep. and I'm not attracting the right people. So what's, what's going on? And nine times out of 10, when I go back, it's because I was in a space of like, I think this is what my audience wants or needs versus, you know, just kind of letting it flow a little bit more authentically and and going back to putting myself in their shoes and thinking about like, okay, when I was at this point in my business, what did I want or need to know? What was I seeking? Yeah. And I get that way when I compare myself to other bloggers, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Where all of a sudden I'm like, I'll look and I don't look up people who do what I do because that's what happens is I'll look at what they do. And I'm like, why? I'm not doing anything like that. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, okay, I need to do it. And then all of a sudden it'll be, I'm writing it and I can't write it. Like yes. I will literally yes. be stuck and I'm like, I just, and I have to walk away. And then it's like later on, I'm like, this is why I don't do this because mm-hmm. it blocks who I'm actually trying to reach. And it blocks me. It, it yeah. It's not who I am, but I'm trying to be that way. And I think that's where you'll, you can feel that when you're in an in alignment and Absolutely. when you're out of alignment. Absolutely. I think comparison really steals your authenticity and it's, it is so hard not to do. Um, but I think you're right too. When I think about those times when my messaging maybe wasn't on point or when my content wasn't on point, it was also because I was going out and I was looking at other marketing coaches and thinking like, what do they do? And really, you know, you see it and it's very tempting. And sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. Like, oh, that is a really successful tactic for them. They're they're doing X, Y, or Z, and it's clearly working really well for them. So I'm going to do it. Whether it's the way they're writing, they're talking, their graphics, you name it. It can be any part of the process. But you sort of like adapt it, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah. And then it does, it leads you down that path where it really just kind of steals your authenticity and your right. You come out blocked because you're just like, it's not you. You can't, you cannot make yourself fit into their mold. Yep. And, and it's, come out. Yeah. And it's, I always say it's the killer of creativity, mm-hmm. right? Because it's <laughs> like my perfect example is I guest blog post in guest, I did a guest blog post. Uh, in December, I think it went live. And I knew about it in October. And we had decided on um, what I was going to write about. And I literally sat there through November. And I'm like, I cannot figure this blog post out. Mm -hmm. So finally, I just wrote about um, the fear of putting yourself out there, right? Totally Mm -hmm. not what we had agreed upon. And I messaged her and I said, if you don't like it, let me know. This is all that could come out. (laughs) And she, I mean, she wrote back and she's like, you know what? I love it. She's like, it's nothing that I normally publish, but you were so honest in the post Mm -hmm. that it goes perfect with, I think what people are struggling with. So it's, 
it kind of shows you that you can't, even when you're guest blogging, if all of a sudden you're struggling with something, just reach out and say, you know what, this is what I have. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. And I think something that we all kind of need to remember is that you you really can't force something to feel and sound authentic. And you kind of have to ask yourself in that moment, is it more important to like deliver the objective that we agreed on? Or is it more important to deliver something that sounds like very authentic and very on brand? And And you can always have that conversation. Like you said, you know, you can reach out and you can say, here's what it is. And they can kind of take it or leave it. But it could also open up the door to like a really like an even better conversation than what you were planning on having and something that works better for both of you. You know, I know I've had that. I've had that happen too, where like I reached out to a guest and like we kind of had a thought or a plan in mind. And then like the day comes and that conversation takes a totally different turn and it comes out so much better Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's just natural. So then it feels very authentic and genuine and people can tell like that comes through. And I think that's probably very true for writing as well. Yeah. So shifting gears just a little bit, when when I, if I have a blog, right. And I've kind of got a point where like I'm publishing consistently and I'm, you know, I'm kind of doing the things that I need to do, but I'm really ready to kind of start growing my, probably my audience, I would say, and my reach. How do I go about, or what steps do I take to start to grow my blog? That's where you're really going to start reaching out to people, right? Mm -hmm. You're really going to start, doing the guest blogging and the guest speaking start because you need to build up that expertise mm-hmm. that you are talking about. And you can't claim to be an expert if you're only showing up on your blog. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you can. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and you absolutely can be an expert. You can be an expert, but <laughs> people are going to be like, okay, where else is she? Right. Yeah. And because you're not doing it, they're going to be like, well, maybe she doesn't really know what she's talking about, right? Right, It's not that you don't know it. It's that you didn't take the steps to reach new people and to put yourself out there because that's what experts do, right? They go and they find speaking opportunities. They go and they write for whoever they can. So it's really about deciding, okay, you know what, now's the time I'm going to start focusing. And if it's that, if the case is, you know what, I'm going to um, scale back to, instead of publishing three times a week, I'm going to scale back to two times a week so I can take one blog a week and send it somewhere. Do that. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't have to all of a sudden say, you know what, I'm only for, I'm doing three times a blogging a week. I have to stick with that for life. Right. 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 Take back and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to do twice on my blog. And once I'm going to start reaching out and doing that, it's all about finding people and just start mass, not, you don't want to mass produce because then you're going to really start diminishing mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the blog posts that go up. So you want to make sure that it's super, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Um, that, sorry, I'm totally blanking on the word. <laughs> you want to make sure that it's quality, right? Quality yeah, yeah. blog posts that are going out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think 
um, establishing that credibility, that's a really smart way of putting it is when you, as an expert, when people see you going to other places and publishing your thoughts and your opinions, it just builds that extra credibility and really makes you like you said, it's like having references for a job, yeah. you know, somebody who's like, oh, okay, yeah, I've seen that you've done this in other places. So clearly like, it's not just you saying that you're an expert. Other people also yeah. say that you're an expert. It's that social proof that you kind of have to put out there yeah. to be able to like establish yourselves. So I think that's really, again, I wouldn't have thought of you know, guest blogging and things like that and writing for other people as being uh, equally as important as publishing your own work on your own platform. So I think that's really, really smart. And so then as as people think about growing a blog, um, and actually, I guess I'll rewind that even a little bit further back. I think it's very appealing when you start a blog to go in with the idea or the goal that you're going to monetize it. Is is that something that when you're starting out, do you need to kind of have that in mind from the beginning? Or is it something that you kind of start to see metrics fall into place in terms of like what you see out of your analytics that kind of tips you off to go, okay, I'm in a position where I could monetize it? So when I work with clients, I ask them and be like, because we go through a big vision. So we go mm-hmm. through three, uh, 30 days. Uh, three months, six months, and 12 months. Mm -hmm. I never recommend a beginner blogger, unless you already have a business established, it's different. But let's say Mm -hmm. you are starting blogging with just a blog. Okay. You don't Mm -hmm. have a business. You don't coach. You're doing nothing. I always recommend not to monetize as a beginner because you have to build that trust. Yeah. You have to build that trust with your readers and with your followers because people are not going to want you to shove your coaching services, your products, they don't want you to shove that down their throat. That's not what they're there for. Blogging is really about creating that connection and building that trust with your readers before you can monetize. So yes, you can have a plan. You can have this big grand idea and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know what? Mm -hmm. In six months from now, this is what I'm hoping to do. Okay. Sure. And then go about how do we get to that point? Yeah. Um, If you already have a business, it's different, right? Because you already have yourself established as a business that now your blog is there to kind of um, give the backstory, right? Again, it's all about that connection, but you're also doing it to sell your products. So you're going to be, depending on what your business is, right? So if you're a coach, it's going to be about sharing your expertise in whatever you're coaching. If you, let's say, have, um, so for instance, I had a business where I did, had self-care boxes. So my blog was me showcasing the products that were in the box, showcasing Mm -hmm. the small businesses that were in the box and doing all of that because now it was supplementing my business, but it was also showing and connecting with other people, right? So if you are going in and you do not have a blog uh, or you do not have a business, so two of my clients now didn't have a business. And so they had started blogging just to blog their story And now they are coaches doing what they were blogging about, but they didn't realize that at the beginning. Sure. Right. They had an idea of, hey, this, I want to sell principles. I want to do this. And 
then all of a sudden they're like, okay, you know what, from creating the the one woman creates journals, self-care journals mm. and relationship journals and PTSD journals. And from there, she's like, I can turn this into a blogging or into mm-hmm. a coaching program. Right. So it's, I find that it's, if you do not have a business, do not focus on the monetizing immediately. You can have yeah. a plan, you can have ambitions, you can have goals that you want to reach. Focus on building that connection first, because people, mm-hmm. especially now, People want to buy from people they trust and people they connect with. Yeah, yeah. So if they can see your why, your expertise, and they can feel like they trust you and you let them into your world, Mm -hmm. they're more than likely going to buy from you in the future because they see that transition. They have watched you grow and expand and show your story, right? Mm -hmm. They have seen all of those little pieces and how those pieces make you an expert in what you're going to do, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So monetizing is awesome. And I absolutely hate those Pinterest pins that come up. I made $10,000 in 30 days because then Mm -hmm. you all of a sudden have all of these bloggers that are like, I want to do that. It does not happen that way. (laughs) It (laughs) doesn't, right? And I think it's People put so much focus. Yes, it would be awesome. I've never had a $10,000 month. It would be amazing to have a $10,000 month. But then you're losing focus too, I think. And you're focusing on the money, Yeah. right? You're not focusing on the content that you're putting out. You're not focusing on the readers that you already have. And it's great to have these ambitions to be like, yes, I want to make 10K a month. That's fantastic, but you need to have a foundation on your blog Mm -hmm. before you can do that. It is not the normal, despite what people think, it is not the normal to all of a sudden go from zero to 10K in 30 days. It is not. Yes. I am so glad you, yes, (laughs) yes. I am so glad you said that. I have been on a mission lately because I feel like that, um, you know, 10K in 30 days, I've seen, and it's it's worse on Pinterest or not Pinterest, on Instagram, I think, among coaches to be like six figures in three months. And I'm like, it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> you know, like, yes, some people do, but here's here's the thing. You probably, like you said, you probably had a foundation, a very solid foundation before you hit that 10K in 30 yes. days. And so when you publish and say, or come out and post or what, however you're saying it, when you're like, oh my God, I had this explosive growth. What you're doing is you're discounting all the work that you did before you got to that point. Yes. And that is critical work, right? That's what sets you up for your first 10K month, yeah. for your first six-figure year, whatever it is. It doesn't just happen. You don't follow somebody's unicorn template and then go, look at that, I'm a millionaire. Because wouldn't we all be doing that? Yeah. Like <laughs> who who would work for any company if you could start a blog and make $10,000 in 30 days? Yeah. Like, yeah. I know I wouldn't be. I mean, right? I'd, be like, I'd be like, sign 
sign me up for that program. That's $120,000 a year. And then I'm sure I can like triple it every month after that properly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it just leads to people being disappointed because then they get to that 30 days and they're like, Mm -hmm. I have five readers on my blog and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I don't, I always tell my clients is I do not want you to focus on the numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it is so important. Yes, you did have five people, but those five people showed up yes, and they and read your, your words. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Maybe next month you'll have six, seven, eight. It doesn't matter because those numbers are always going to change. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, is you're not going to know the impact you have on people. And this is mm-hmm. something that a friend of mine like really um, reminds me of often because there are some times that I'm just, I get stuck in those numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is like last year was my biggest year and I made 5,000 for the whole year, right? Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest year in business, but it was my first year of coaching as well. Yeah. But, and I And I just remember saying to her, I'm like, I only had four coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but what you don't realize is those four people are now reaching other people. Mm-hmm. She's like, you started a chain reaction and you're doing exactly what you wanted. You wanted to change the world through women sharing their stories. You have four women now that are sharing their stories and changing the world and reaching other women. And those mm-hmm. women are going to go out and reach women. So it's not about the numbers that you can see. Right. It's really about the impact that you're having on those people. And this is again, this is what I tell my clients is you're not doing this for the people that are commenting, for the people that you know are there. You're doing this for those people you do not even know exist. Yeah. You are showing up every single day. You are giving someone a voice that you have no idea is even out there reading Mm -hmm. your stuff. Mm -hmm. No clue that they're there on your website every single day, that they are on your social media reading everything that you put out because they're at the point in their life where you were when you didn't have a voice. You're giving them that strength Mm -hmm. and helping them build up their voice before you even know that they're there. Yeah. What a powerful way to remember that. I think that's that's huge. Not not knowing the impact you're making is just such a such a succinct, beautiful way of thinking about it because it's true. It's so hard to not get caught up in the numbers. And I read something, I read something else recently where somebody was like, you know, I I only have 12 followers, for example. And she was like, it's I think she had a client who said that to her. She was like, I'm just so disappointed because I only have 12 people who follow me. And she was like, but those are 12 whole humans who are choosing you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you have to remember that like the, the follower, we call the like follower account a vanity metric in marketing. Is it nice to be able to say like, I have thousands or millions of followers? Absolutely. But what you have to remember, especially when you're small and you're just starting out is that those those followers, yes, they are just one tick mark in, you know, a little tally that a social media account is keeping for you. But 
that one tick mark is so much more dynamic and has so much more depth to offer you than that one little tally mark or that one little tick mark. Like you said, like yeah. they are they are taking your information and they are doing something with it. Yeah. They're engaging with you. They are building on what you've said. And like you said, I just, I love kind of synthesizing that all into, you just don't know the impact you're having. That's not something you can measure. No. That's not something Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, your website analytics, nobody is going to quantify or and, and really break down the impact you've had on someone. Yes. So yes, and I think, I think it's I agree. It's such a power powerful way to look at it. It really yeah. is. It changes how you view every single person that is following you, that is reading your mm -hmm. blog. It mm -hmm. it changes everything. It does. It really does. I do, I do like that a lot. Um, and I think that's applicable not just to blogs. I think anything, you know, it's it, it's my podcast listeners. It is the people who visit my website or my followers on whatever social media channel you pick, you name it. Um, they're, they're so much more dynamic and they're like whole humans that yep. put stuff out. Um, so I think that's really, really beautiful. So as we kind of start to like wind this down and put a little bow on it, if I don't fancy myself to be a writer – can I still be a blogger? And how do I go about kind of structuring all of this so I can get started? Like what are what are kind of the nuts and bolts? After I know my why and my who, like where do I go to make it a sustainable project or process for myself? Yep. yep. So I think anybody can be a blogger because you don't have to be a writer, right? Mm -hmm. You can um, create graphics and share on your blog. You can do list posts, right? Mm -hmm. Because most of the time your readers aren't actually reading your blog posts anyway. So, right. I have beautiful blog posts, but they're just skimming it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's, so you don't have to be a writer. And there's so many ways around that. Use Grammarly to help with grammar and punctuation and spelling, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. so many ways that you can get around nowadays where you don't have to be a perfect writer in order to publish a blog post. Yeah. So kind of, so how do you go about actually starting your blog post so or starting your blog so now that you have the why and your vision and everything like that you're going to want to know what topics you are covering mm -hmm. right so because you could have some people say that lifestyle is in a blogging category I disagree because I think that you can narrow it down enough to have topics that are relevant to what you want to share yeah um so when you are creating, you want to have no more than 10 categories on your blog. Okay, so anywhere from 8 to 10, and that's going to be like your main topics, right? So for me, it's healing, um, blogging, self-care, um, self-love. I have like, um, what else do I have? Freelancing. And then I can kind of fit everything under those categories. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the best way to do this, if you do not have a blog, is to create an experience list. Okay? Mm -hmm. So what you're going to do is you are going to grab a big piece of paper and you are going to write everything that you have ever gone through. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then from there, you're going to really be able to say, okay, you know what? Take, let's say, for instance, getting married. Okay? What did you learn from getting married? So now you can start breaking it down even more. 
Yeah. What can I teach? What did I learn in those experiences? How did I feel? Um, what did those around me feel? Write all of it down. Okay. Um, this is going to be a great way to really narrow down what it is that you want to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, what you're an expert in, because sometimes you're not going to know what you're an expert in either. Right. You're going to be so close to what you do that you don't even see it. Oh, yeah. So if you're struggling with choosing a niche, the experience list works really well. Um, And then asking friends or noticing what do people ask you all the time? Mm -hmm. Because more than likely, people are going to come to you for advice on certain issues. Right. So for me, it was blogging. For me, it was how did you move past? How did you get to that forgiveness stage from your past? Right. It was how did you learn to love yourself? Right. So I have all of those topics. So now I can say, okay, you know what? This is how I can blog and this is what I'm going to blog about. So once you kind of have that figured out, how you can write a blog post is you take one of those topics. So let's say you take, um, so for example, let's say for me, it was my sexual assault. Okay. So that's my topic. Okay. And so then what you're going to do. So remember creating, I think it was grade five for me, those like when you're in language arts class and you're Mm -hmm. creating a story, right? So you did like that web. Yes. Yes. You're going to do the same thing with your blog post. So you're going to put the topic in the middle. You don't need a title because sometimes the titles don't come until later. Right. Right. So then what you're going to do is you're going to take that and you're going to branch off to an intro story. So what are some intro stories that you can talk about that are around your topic? This is just brainstorming, right? So now you're just writing everything that you can think of, right? And so then what you're going to do is you're going to do the same thing with keywords. What are Mm -hmm. keywords that are going to relate back to my topic and start brainstorming keyword ideas? Okay. From there, you're going to do headlines, Okay, so how you're going to break up your headlines is you're going to be like, okay, you know what? This is my intro story. What lessons do I want them to take from my story? And those are going to become your headlines and your and how you're going to break up your blog post. Okay, yeah. so then from there, you're going to do links, right? So if you're a new blogger, you might not have links to other blog posts, but you might have links to other people's blog posts. Okay, because Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. is just as important, because as a new blogger, you're not going to have any domain authority. Linking to other websites that have domain authority is going to be a benefit to you. But make sure that they are relevant to that middle topic and that your readers are going to walk away with it being beneficial to them. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one is going to be your call to action. What do you want your reader to do? Now that they've read your blog post, is that follow mm-hmm. you on Instagram? Is that join your email list? I mean, call yeah, to actions yeah. can be endless, Anything, right? So yeah. write down all of those brainstorm ideas. So now you're going to have an outline and you're going to be like, okay, I can do this. Let's now start write out my intro story first, yeah, right? Yep. Which one works best? And then you're going to go back to that headline part piece and you're going to be like, okay, these are the lessons I want them to learn. This is what I want to teach them let's break it up into manageable sections. Yeah. Yeah. That's super smart. That's a really like clean outline. Do you have that in like some sort of downloadable thing? I do. I have it as a PDF. I have it on my website. 
Perfect. So perfect, perfect segue. I was just going to say, where can people find this information and like, how can they connect? So if they're ready to start, where do they find all of that stuff? Yeah. So my website is super easy. It's just samanthalaycock.com. Um, and you'll see, I have my story. I have, um, a blogging resource hub. So it's all the tools that I use every day that help me, um, with my blogging. Um, and then I have like my coaching programs up there. Um, and my blogging membership program and all of that sort of stuff on there. And then other places. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Samantha Laycock blogging. And then on Pinterest as Samantha Laycock blogger. That's the only one that's different. So yes. it's so annoying when you don't, I know, you right? can't them all and you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> that's, that's happened to me a couple of times. I think my yeah. Facebook is the one that's different yeah. than all my others. And I'm like, it makes me so mad. Like I'm yeah. just, I'm so anal retentive about it. I know, it. right? I you gotta, can't have it. Just, just gonna let it go. Just <laughs> let it go. No, that's perfect. Awesome. Well, I know I've poked around in those resources and I've looked at them. They are fantastic. They are super helpful. Um, so I highly recommend if you are listening and you are ready to start a blog, go and check them out. Connect with Samantha. Thank you for your time and all of your expertise. I know I have learned a ton somebody who has not ever had the desire to blog, at least now I feel like if I ever did decide I wanted to blog, I could competently start. Yeah. Um, so thank you. I genuinely appreciate it. This was a great conversation and, and thank you for your time today. Yes. Thank you. It was so much fun. Of course. Well, I don't know about you, but I took away a lot of tidbits from this conversation. And even though I still have no desire to start a blog, I know when the time comes, at least I feel better equipped, thanks to Samantha, to add it into my content mix. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.